Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Weekly Recap Show. We are on week three's recap. With me is Joe and one Mats. <laughs> I was waiting to say that. Joe and one Mats. Um, Joe, I guess, honestly, we should just let my son do the show since he's clearly the yeah, football-minded. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to call him Primetime T. Like, uh, I actually told uh, Keith that we were going to do a segment where every Monday night is me and Keith versus Tristan's picks because clearly he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and if anybody that didn't catch it, um, my son accurately picked the Browns to cover and win on Thursday, and he also picked the Cowboys to cover and win on Monday. It just seems he's got a thing for primetime games that he cannot stay up and yeah, watch. He's, he's the reverse Kirk Cousins. Yeah, maybe I need to do that. Just, just make a pick and go to sleep. Must be nice. Must <laughs> yeah, don't stress about it. Uh, Thursday night, Browns 29, hosting the Steelers, who had 17. Meh, that's all I think about this game, man. I mean, Steelers are not going to be – they're not going to be a winning football team until they get a better quarterback, which is obvious. And it's not all on Mitch. But, you know, you lose your best pass rusher and, and anchor to your defense, and then you don't have a talented quarterback. Najee Harris is banged up. It's just a lot going on. There's uh, rumors that um, the players are unhappy with the offensive coordinator. Mm. Uh, so that there may be some movement there in the next couple weeks. But I would be surprised if anything changes. As it seems that the Roonies and Tomlin and everybody in that organization, except for the players, are committed to doing this thing the right way, with air quotes, the right way. Which, to, to be fair, when the Steelers say the right way, it is generally worked out. Like yeah. the, the Giants have been trying to do the quote unquote right way for like 10 years and like it kept getting worse. But yeah, if, if you haven't had a losing season in the entire time Tomlin's been there, it's hard to argue too much. But at this point, it already feels like we're just on Kenny Pickett watch. He's not going to play according to Tomlin. He's going to sit a year. He's committing to the whole, he said that the whole year. I mean, yeah. I, I, he, did he give himself any? I, Caveats uh, that. Let me let me see if I can pull up the five uh, eight. <laughs> let me see if I can pull up the direct quote. But um, I mean, I don't even think this was like Trubisky's worst game. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over or anything. But I mean, it's, it's just not good just enough. Un- yeah, it's just uninspiring. Because those receivers are good at they're just trading weeks, making unbelievable catches along the sideline. Like those guys can play. Fryermuth's good at tight end. I mean, the offensive line is not fantastic, but you know, it's a it's a good defense most weeks. So the Browns, obviously, kudos to Stefanski the way he's got this team moving the ball with Jacoby Brissett. Because I mean, even the Jets game, they didn't lose that game because the offense couldn't score points. So I mean, yeah, the real takeaway from this game is Cleveland's offense is looking good with Jacoby Brissett. And if they can continue to play this way, then they'll be in a good spot when Deshaun comes back, especially the way that you know we'll obviously get to some of these teams later. But a lot of the AFC teams that were pretty hyped up are in some rough spots right now. So Cleveland should feel good. Yeah, Pittsburgh, I mean, yeah, you're marching to seven or eight wins. And I would prefer – I'd prefer to win five games and see Kenny Pickett versus win seven or eight. Trubisky, but um, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think you got to rush him in, but 
I don't know. If this, if this team's not, like two and four, then there's no reason to stick with Trubisky if that's where we're at in a month. It's not even rushing them in. It's just giving yourself a a chance to win, man. Like that's that's all I'm saying. Like we've seen enough of Trubisky. He has a ceiling. It's, and, yeah, it's and, not a secret. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. Still, fans just just hold on, man. Maybe losing to the Jets might do it, but. Who knows? Who knows? Like he's this this NFL man is just so frustrating sometimes. Like they'll they'll not play somebody like Kenny Pickett with a team that has relative like talent around them. Yeah. Uh, but they'll throw somebody like Justin Fields out there or, or uh, um, Trevor Lawrence out there with literally nobody around them and and buffoon coaches. Like it doesn't make any sense. Those those two should have sat a year, all things considered. The Steelers, that this kind of organization, this kind of team is the type of team that you should play your first round pick. Like it's so backwards to me. I mean, I, I can see the argument, obviously, though, that you'd rather be the Steelers and wait a couple games, or even you know, again, I don't think this is this isn't a playoff team with him starting. So I'd rather be, I guess, probably cautious versus throwing guys in with nothing around them. But yeah, to your point though, that's not the choice in Pittsburgh because there is stuff around them. So I, I still think this team's out of playoff contention in December. I would be very surprised if we don't see Kenny Pickett. Regardless, I think Tomlin's saying that because he doesn't want to have to answer these questions every time they lose a game. But I have to assume if this season goes south that they'll make that move. Speaking of the Browns and their former quarterback's revenge, Carolina Panthers beat the Saints 22-14. Baker Mayfield sucks. Can I say that every single week? I mean, it's been true every week this year. So He sucks. Man. <laughs> he sucks. You know, looking back on this game, if – if the Saints just not if they just don't turn the ball over, they probably win. But I mean it's it's my guy. Famous Jameis. Doing I don't know. famous stuff, man. I know. Alvin Kamara hasn't been very good this year. No, either. he's been awful, actually. Uh, he, yeah. This was actually probably one of his better games. And yeah. what did he have? 73 total yards. So I mean I appreciate Jameis as someone oh, who's in total, yeah. 73. Yeah, as someone who was giving out uh, Olave recommendations in DFS, I appreciate Jameis just flinging it to him deep and actually finding him this week. But, yeah, to, to me, this game is all about the Saints because the Panthers <laughs> I love it. The Panthers looked like what they looked like the first two weeks, which is the defense is all right and the offense is horrible and they're going to win six games. But the Saints, this is, yeah, this is a game you want to have. You shouldn't be losing a game. We're what Carolina, the south of 300 total yards. I mean, McCaffrey was good, and but I mean, Lavisca Chenault has done nothing his entire career, and you gave up a 67 yard touchdown to him. Like, if they don't do that, they might have won the game. So, I loved Chenault coming out of college, too, man. He, I was kind of hyped, too. He just he doesn't have good hands, and I know Tony gets mad when I, when I criticize him on that one thread, but I mean. I was a big Chenault fan. I troll. I still troll uh, Jay to this day about how he dominated Nebraska, but that also went stale because everybody dominates Nebraska now. But um, he's he's a big body receiver with running back vision, and I mean he could have been his generation's Cordell Patterson, honestly. 
and maybe um, he will be that it seems to take eight years so yeah <laughs> i was gonna say it just he just kind of reminded me of that skill. not as fast as cordell coming out but i know like, he's definitely but, not like, as fast. but like the skill set to to carry it out the backfield um which he showed that in college and to also be reliable with his hands which seems to be lacking a little but uh like you said it should it could come around uh, th- these are just two teams that just they're not going to compete for their division um, and no. also doesn't look like they're going to be moving forward in the future anytime soon either, which is a good thing if you're a Falcons uh, fan, because if you put this conference or this division yeah. in perspective, I would feel more optimistic about the Falcons future than I would the Saints, the Panthers and even the, the Buccaneers. Long term. Yeah. So. There's that that silver lining there, but Baker Mayfield is clearly not a franchise quarterback. Yeah, uh, still struggling, and Matt Rule is any given day now. Honestly, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, we would have officially been on. They lose next week. That could be it if they lost this game. Texas, I I think Owen Four would have been enough to see him be gone. But yeah, I. I mean, well, they've got the Cardinals, which they probably need to win that game because then it's San Francisco, the Rams, the Bucks. So if they don't win this week, I don't think Matt Rule will see November. Which he deserves. Which he absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That Jay-Z quote, he deserved it. Um, Texans, Bears, uh, Bears won 23-20s. Really, it just looked like a game of who was gonna, who's trying to lose the game. Really, <laughs> well, really, the two quarterbacks. It was like which guy will make the bigger mistake that will cost them in the game here. Uh, the running backs were doing some work. I mean, David Montgomery went down early, but Khalil Herbert had himself a game. Herbert's yeah. been pretty good, man. All yeah. things considered, 157 yards. That was just on the ground. Although you know they don't really have a passing offense, so I like. And his, then uh, Damian like Pierce is pretty good too. I, was saying, I like his ability to just—he's just a tough tackle, man. Like he gets hit, he bounces off, and he, he does. keeps moving. Um, and he's always moving forward, which is an attribute you see on bigger, like burlier backs, not on guys his size. But it's it's great. I love it. Um, and I'm happy to see that you know they've got a coach that understands. Like, hey, I got a guy that's getting over five yards of carry. Let me just keep handing him the damn ball, which doesn't seem to be common knowledge these days for some reason i mean yeah they ran the ball i mean this is counting fields runs but 40 times compared to 17 passes although there were also five sacks so 22 dropbacks to 40 runs which yeah i mean against the texans with what the bears have to work with that was the move um yeah both players qbrs below 20 i mean qbr is not the be-all end-all of quarterback analysis but it's a bad sign and I, I believe i saw justin fields well let me look it up it's like historically low you know pass attempt or pass completions and passing yards through the first three games where a quarterback has completed all three games it was eight for 17 106 yards and two interceptions this sunday which I think was more completions than last Sunday. I think it was like seven the week before. I um, I'm still not giving up on Phils. I 
me personally, I just think that when you're in transition, man, like his he doesn't have any he doesn't have any wide receiver ones. Like nobody on this team would hell, he doesn't even have a wide receiver too, honestly. Um it's hard to establish. Oh yeah, I mean th- he has nothing to work with. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's I don't hard to be too hard on, on your se- it's your second year, and you've literally been stripped of your one weapon through the air, which was Robinson, and um, it's just a tough. It's just and you got a new head coach, new system. It's just it's just it sucks, man. Uh, but the the Bears have said that they have a plan, which is supposed to be pretty aggressive next year so i will i will wait and see i, I just want to see the kid get a chance to to play with some talent around them which i think every quarterback wants to and and um i don't know any quarterback in their second year even in their second or third year except for maybe patty um that would be able to elevate a talentless team like so early in their career. Like I don't think Brady was there early in his career, like within his first three seasons. Rodgers might have been. I can't really Well, Rodgers sat for the first season. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, uh, so, Andrew Luck it probably did one of the better jobs, actually, because that Colts. Yeah. And and he got burnt out by year five. Right. Part of the problem was <laughs> the worst part was the offensive line. And yeah. uh, that's why he's not in the NFL anymore. Yeah. Uh, here here's the actual stat. Fields 297 passing yards the first three weeks. Lowest total since the merger for a starting QB who started and finished all three games. It's also the lowest total for any QB over any three straight games since 1975. Which, again, it's uh, yeah, Fields is, I mean, he's playing poorly. Like, let's, you know, we'll be clear on that. But yeah, I mean, if you're throwing to Equinemius St. Brown, that's not the St. Brown you want to have on your team. What a name. Uh, Darnell Mooney, yeah, I think Darnell Mooney works fine as the second or third option. Um, does not seem to work with him as a first. Cole Komet's an okay tight end, yeah. It's and it's not like the offensive line is very good. I mean, the run blocking has been good, but they're not this is not a great group. Last year, Jason Peters was their starting left tackle, and now he's the left guard in Dallas, so yeah, yeah. it's a it's a but they're two and one, like it's amazing. The Bears are two and one. Nevertheless, <laughs> maybe you don't need talent to win football games sometimes. You just need and, luck. And they're going to play the Giants next week. So we'll find out who the worst two-in-one team was. Because one of them's going to lose next week. I'm not going to tell you who I'm And one of them is going to be the worst three-in-one team. So, <laughs> uh, Chiefs, Colts. Colts won 20-17. Oh um, I don't even know what happened. So many, that's, so many stupid how, things happened. That's how I left the, the game. Like after it was over, I was like, "Huh." My takeaway from here is that the the Chiefs need to establish a run game at some point. Patty Mahomes can't be oh, here. Yeah. Like, couldn't sure. do anything. Yeah, like absolutely nothing. If Ceh isn't the guy, I know McKinnon's not really a, a rusher either. Maybe you need to invest in somebody. Maybe you need to find, you know, we, we hear people all the time say uh, running backs are a dime a dozen. Well, they need to find that dime in the dozen. Like, it's this isn't going to work, man. They had, if you count Patty, they had 20 carries, and they didn't even get 50 yards. And I know the Colts' defense is stopped, but they're without Leonard, and that's just not acceptable. 
I mean, yeah, just just counting their running back carries, 17 carries, one first down. Like, you, you got to be able to do more. Uh, yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, seven carries for zero yards, which is impressive. Um, they still got a touchdown. But uh, all, all I'll say about Clyde Edwards Hilaire is I do remember when he was drafted in the first round that some people who were very high up in I in IB Sports. Shut up. Supported like that pick. I was actually referring to RC. I didn't even remember I know. what you said. <laughs> I actually actually low key thought it was a steal for their system. I thought oh, he, no. I thought he could really fit. Uh like in the no. never the, do it. Never do it, guys. It's I thought he was the, the LeSean McCoy <laughs> version of this Chiefs team is what I thought he would be, but just hasn't panned out. It wasn't that was also the Jonathan Taylor draft, if I'm remembering correctly? Yes. So maybe there was a pick to make at running back that would have made them seem smart. It was not quite Edwards Hilaire. But you know, the team with Jonathan Taylor won this game, even though Taylor only had 71 yards. Uh, Colts' offense honestly looks pretty horrible. Uh, 3.8 yards per play. Only Washington was worse this week. Uh, Matt Ryan five took five sacks, uh, lost at least well, fumbled twice, lost one of them. I mean, as someone who picked Kansas City in my eliminator pool because I thought, hey, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes against the Gus Bradley defense they've seen four straight years, this is incredibly frustrating. Um, Obviously, uh, why do we keep bl- I keep blanking anytime I talk about this game with people? Who's their kicker normally again? Who? Who's the Kansas City's kicker normally? Man, I don't pay. I'm not gonna. I don't pay attention to. I don't pay attention to kickers. I don't like them. Uh, well, he got hurt week one yeah, though. Yeah, I forgot his name too. He's a good kicker too, but he was hurt. They're using a backup kicker. That guy shanks, a, I think it was 34-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. They also tried a fake field goal at one point where the holder just overthrew the guy by like five yards. Um, so, yeah, multiple times where they could have at least had the 20 where this would have been a tie game at the end. But, uh, yeah, Travis Kelsey also dropped a touchdown that would have won me multiple bets. So I really appreciate that, Travis. But the, the, the real kicker to this game was they sacked Matt Ryan on third down under four minutes to play. Colts are going to have to punt. Kansas City's getting the ball back up four. And Chris Jones gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, extends the drive, and the Colts win the game and are now 1-1-1. Just, this is a total-blown game by Kansas City. probably doesn't matter because – the Chargers are just imploding with injuries. Denver's going to try to win every game, eleven to ten, and the Raiders are the only winless team. Or it's not the only winless team; they're only three lost team in the NFL. So this is probably just a missed opportunity for seeding purposes down the line. But Kansas City blew this, and yeah, I honestly, Indy won this game. Considering how Jacksonville looked, I feel worse about Indy's chances going forward, especially again, because this offense looked atrocious. It hasn't looked good. Um, it, even, you know, I made that joke uh, with the Rosie Perez quote from from uh, White Man Can't Jump, but that's, like, that is, this is the perfect example. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. 
the Colts didn't look that great. Um, and even from a gambling aspect as a better, I'm I'm happy that they covered. I'm happy that they won outright. I didn't bet them to win outright, but I did bet them to cover. But I like watching that game, I was like, uh, nope, nope, <laughs> never again, man. Never oh, and, again. and so the uh, Kansas City's normal kicker is Harrison Butker, whose name I should remember. And uh, Matt Amendola, who, as far as I know, is not related to Danny, Danny Amendola, was released today. Oh. Or yesterday. So okay. that, that's how bad he looked in that game. Again, they lost because they didn't have a kicker, basically, and did stupid stuff. But Blame the kicker. Always a good But yeah, Kansas City, you, they should feel good about the defense. It, the, I think, yeah, the one issue going forward is can this team run the ball? Because when they do, there's not really anything you can do to stop them. But if you can make them one-dimensional, then you can force them into kicking field goals. Because, again, Andy Reid, one of his big weaknesses is he is not a go-for-it-on-fourth-down guy, even though he's a generational quarterback. And let me be clear to people who are like, how do you not know these people's names and you do the show? I don't like kickers. I don't <laughs> like kicking in general. I I want every I want every drive for people to play it like Madden. You go for it on fourth down. Um, I know maybe six kickers, Justin Tucker being one of them, obviously, in the kicker. Yeah. Team, well, if we yeah. ever forget Justin Tucker, yeah. then shame us forever. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, these other guys, like – the kicker for the Chiefs? Why did? Why should that even matter? He actually never, is very good, though. I mean, he is. Well, I do feel a little from what I recall, right but he he should never be called on. Is it? You know? Yeah, I agree with you on that. Did anybody know who the Colts kicker was before Adam Vinatieri? I only remember what was it? I don't even know if he was immediately before. There's probably because they didn't need him. Mike <laughs> Vanderjack, the drunk kicker. Okay. I was gonna say, wow, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't need him. Wave him off, free my man, Peyton. Peyton. I remember they, they lost the playoff game because he shanked like a forty-five yard yeah. field goal. Like shout out, shout out to, right. to, shout out to Peyton. Since we are talking about the Colts, shout out to Peyton and his. Uh, does anybody not like? Does am I the only person that likes timeouts around here? Uh, clip. If we haven't seen that, absolutely hilarious. I know my brain hurts from watching poor clock management two oh. weeks in a row, but. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. The game of the week on paper that everybody really wanted to see before there was a massive load of injuries. Uh, the Dolphins hosting game. the Bills. <laughs> was it weird? Was it weird or was the tantrum weird? Well, the tantrum was also weird, but like this is a game where one team ran 90 plays. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen became the third quarterback in the last 10 years, counting playoff games, to have 70 dropbacks. While Miami ran 39 plays, which is the fewest in any game since week three of 2018, when Miami ran 39 plays in a win over the Raiders. So I guess it works for Miami. But, yeah, it it was a bizarre game. Just, again, one team ran almost three times as many plays as the other. Uh, We had the butt punt, which – as an Arizona Wildcat fan, I literally saw this like three weeks ago, and I was like, only Arizona would do this. And then an NFL team did it. So that made me feel better, I guess. But, yeah, I don't I don't know how much we learned in this game because, again, yeah, the Bills' defense was just completely ravaged with injuries. I actually think defensively this is an extremely impressive game from them. But, uh, I, you know, this is a, a similar to Kansas City, I guess, in that Josh Allen just kind of had to do everything. 
and Miami was able to do just enough to get his away name, with the win. His name is Josh Allen Jackson, um, as he continues to lead the team in rushing and passing. <laughs> but um, a couple couple things um, that I take away from this, uh, looking at the stats, um, also thinking about the game, I think that um, – that there's something to be said about how the Bills are pretty much Josh Allen and and Stephen Diggs. Like if you can if you can get Devin Singletary to have eleven targets and nine yeah. nine receptions, that means he's checking down a lot. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for um for for defense. Um but if you um if you can also um maximize your opportunities like the Dolphins did, you can still win games. When I look at it, uh, when I'm looking at the game, I'm thinking like it's a, it's kind of a um, styles make fights type thing. I keep saying yeah. football, but the Dolphins are, they're the, they're the nerds. They're analytic. They're driven by numbers and, and probability and things like that. And that's how uh, Mike Daniels coaches and it worked out for them. Like they literally maximize maximize their chances, and that's how they won this game. Um, it also helps that the Bills um, the Bills had so many injuries on defense. But like you said, I think what was it well. three three of their three or four starting DBs were out. Both starting safeties were out. Yeah, and I, Tredavious was out. I think there was a fourth guy, a rookie who started the game, got hurt and missed most of the game. So they were just as beaten up as you could be in a position area. In week three, the real wild. The real storyline here is that Tua shouldn't have came back in the game. Oh my gosh, uh, it's a <laughs> it's absurd that they're trying to get us to believe it was like oh it's a back thing. Yeah, that's we saw it. We've all seen guys walk like that. Most yeah. of the time, it was seeing guys skate like that in hockey back in the day before they banned headshots. Yeah, like there's. So, I would. I can't imagine he wasn't concussed. It also is, seems even crazier to me because they have Teddy Bridgewater as their backup. Yeah. Which, listen, Teddy's, you know, no one's like excited to see Teddy Bridgewater come into a game. But the, the Broncos might have made the playoffs last year if he didn't get hurt. He's a capable quarterback. And again, in this offense with these receivers, I don't need someone amazing. Like, I don't think that Waddle and Tyreek Hill are the top two guys in yards per route run, primarily because Chua is their quarterback. All due respect to Tua. This is a really well-designed offense. Those guys are crazy fast. I don't know why you'd be doing this. I mean, I guess that's maybe that's the best argument for them is it seems insane that they do this, but it looked like a concussion, and he walked like it was a concussion. It was 100% a concussion. <laughs> um, but it is what it is, man. Like, people, like, like I had said in real time, if he's willing to play and take the risk and the team is, is willing to ignore the protocol, then it's up to the league to enforce that. And if they choose to believe that bullshit, then yeah, who, who are we as fans to say what? But don't tell me that he was evaluated because there was absolutely no fucking way he was evaluated. I, no. I, outside of that, because, yeah, that was absurd. I think, you know, we should all start getting excited for the uh, Hurts to a Super Bowl to decide who was actually the better quarterback. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> Dolphins will not make the Super Bowl. They probably, <laughs> even, they probably won't even win their first playoff game because well, they I'm probably gonna... still won't win this division. So yeah, well, yeah. But I'm gonna let you in on a secret, man. 
I don't think you can win playoff games without having some kind of run game established. And it doesn't mean you got to run for 100 yards. You just got to be able to to control the clock and, and move the chains. And uh, Chase Edmonds and Raheem ain't getting it done at all this year. So, They're not I mean, right now. Yeah, so we, I think you need to see that because even the Chiefs uh, have shown in the past that they are able to sustain drives, control the clock, and, and extend drives with their run game in the postseason. I mean, I mean, and them used to do it all the time with the Legarrette Blunts and 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 like those kind of backs. Like a, a great example of the importance of it is last week when Miami played the Ravens. Is the Ravens' offense didn't have problems scoring points in that game. It wasn't like oh, the run game's so important. Like Lamar can get you points, but once you had that lead and you just needed to run clock and hold on to the ball, they couldn't do it. They kept giving the ball back to Miami because that run game is doing nothing outside of when Lamar runs. That's why you need it. So, yeah, Miami, obviously, hey, you're 3-0. and You've beaten two good teams, so they should feel great. But, if yeah, if you can't run the clock out at the end of games, eventually they're going to end up on the wrong side of one of these close ones. Yep, and that's my bold prediction. Not really so bold. <laughs> uh, oh, man, it pains me to go over this one. Lions 24, Vikings 28. My guy, Meathead Campbell. You know, I'm not mad. I'm not mad because he covered, but I am mad that he 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 made the 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 critical error. If you're up three and you've got fourth and under five, and a field goal is your option, and that field goal is longer than fifty yards, just go for it. Just go for it. Honestly, all things considered, regardless of whether or not the field goes long or not, you should just go for it. Because if you convert, the game's over. That's right. what it's and done. that's your ultimate goal. Like, like if I could break analytics down for, for dummies, analytics is just doing what is necessary to win. To win. Your end goal is to win the game. It's not necessary winning the game isn't always about scoring points. Sometimes you can win if you don't score. Look at the Browns. <laughs> you can yeah. win if you don't score. You have to be smart in the situation. For the Lions, in that case, if they convert that, they extend the game, it immediately shifts to their favor, and they uh, they win more than likely. They just run the clock out. By kicking the field goal, this is the crazy thing about it. By kicking the field goal, they put themselves in a position to lose, and they did. Even right. I mean, they had made it. Even if they had made it, right? That, that's the whole thing. Is yeah, once you're once you kick that field goal and you're up six, yeah, then the Vikings are all out. We have to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. We're doing whatever it takes. Like honestly, like yeah, not getting it, which I guess they didn't because they missed. But t- theoretically, if you'd gotten into a situation where the Vikings had to make, you know, if they had a fourth and short, they probably would have kicked a field goal and gone to overtime. You make the other team hyper-aggressive, obviously, once they need a touchdown. The other thing is, it's it's you know, they're in a dome, so at least that's the one defensible part of kicking the ball there. But Austin Seibert is not Justin Tucker. This is a guy who's going into that kick two for five from 50-plus with a 53-yard long. It was a 54-yard field goal. You're asking your guy to set his career long instead of going for a fourth and four. When your offense, once again, looked pretty good most of the day. 
So yeah, I think there, there are a number of weird coaching decisions across this week that cost a lot of teams in close situations, but this, this one was up there for, for the mistakes. Fun fact. In their last 15 losses, the Lions have covered over 60% of the spread. Like, covered the spread 60% yeah. of the time. Absolutely insane. I need Meathead to win some games because I need him to hang around because he's good for the money. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm getting here. Ravens, 37. Patriots, 26. I don't normally say these things, but, man, Matt got to chill, bro. He got to chill. Like, I get it. Hot ankle sprain. It sucks. It hurts. But he walking around <laughs> like, like man, I tore my knee playing football. Like ACL, MCL, all that. Like meniscus, everything just gone. Blew it up. And and I'm not. I got a high threshold for pain. And I like I said fuck, and crawled off the field. I got witnesses in the group that'll tell you they were there when it happened. I was just like damn, and crawled off the field. I've seen guys have like their bones sticking out type stuff and not act the way Mac Jones was acting. Like, dude, I thought, I thought he like broke. I was like, dang, he, he done done, you know? Yeah. Crying. That was definitely. I was like, man, what? God, awful. Um, I'll be, I'll be honest. What the hell do the Ravens be thinking when they get these leads? Why can't they seem to hold the lead this year? Again, I think it's just they haven't been able to run the ball with their running backs at all. It's entirely the Lamar Jackson show. I mean, Dobbins hopefully ramps up and gives them a little more life, but I also just think the run blocking has not really been there. And that might, you know, that's probably an issue that doesn't go away, even with Dobbins healthy. So. Yeah, the, the the Ravens have somehow completely reversed from what they were. I mean, I guess maybe you know two years ago, where it was that you know this team, if they get the lead, they're unstoppable, but they can't come back. And now I feel like with Lamar playing the way he's playing, I'm I'm never counting them out. But yeah, the actual running the clock out has has not really worked. They didn't run. I guess Justice Hill had a nice thirty four yard run this game to help out a little bit, but. I mean, yeah, you got Lamar running for 100 yards, throwing four touchdowns. I mean, the best part about Lamar is really how good he's become against the Blitz. I know he's leading the league in a passing EPA against the Blitz. In this game, 11 of 12 for 128 yards and four touchdowns on 13 Blitzes. So if your team is facing the Ravens anytime soon, I would uh, I would hold off on the Blitzes. But yeah, Lamar's playing awesome. The rest of this team, there's there's some questions because I mean again, the DBs too. You also have some questions. Like Devontae Parker went off in this game for 156 yards. It would have been closer, except that Mac Jones forced a third down red zone pass that got intercepted. Otherwise, this is a one-score game at the end. But yeah, Jones had three picks. But yeah, if you don't turn the ball over, you can move the ball against the, this Ravens defense right now. Yeah. Yeah, and um, outside of the three picks, Mac played a great game, which, you know, I'm not very high on Mac Jones, but outside of the three picks, he played a great game. Uh, Bengals got their win, man. Yeah, they needed it. 27 to 12. Um, I mean, that's just it. They won 27 to 12. 
<laughs> it's not not really much to take away from this. They're supposed to win this game. They're supposed yeah, to show up. Yeah, absolutely win this game. Yeah, it's nice to see that Tyler Boyd um, get somehow they remembered he was on the team. Um, yeah, I have to go back and look and see if they were using um, shorter routes and, and quicker releases, um, just trying to get the ball out quick for Joe Burrow. Because, I mean, yeah, only two sacks. Yeah, so. I was going to say, he didn't get sacked a million times. Yeah, I mean, it helps that they're playing the Jets, obviously. It's a it's a slightly different beast than the Steelers and the Cowboys. But, yeah, they, they did what they needed to do. There really isn't a whole lot more to say. Um, Jets, is, is Zach Wilson supposed to come back now? Is it week four or week five that they're expecting him back? I think it was week four. So, yeah, we should see uh, the return of Zach Wilson. So the, this is the true start to the Jets season now. They're one and two, which honestly, like, they should feel good that they got a win with Joe Flacco. But, yeah, it, Garrett Wilson looks good. That's exciting. But really, yeah, the season starts as soon as Zach Wilson starts because that's where you need answers. I agree. And here is my favorite team. My favorite team. Can can we revisit this real quick? Titans 24, Raiders 22. Are you ready to admit that Bill Check's not the greatest coach of all time? Because his coach <laughs> sucks. Look at this, man. That shows how good he is. He wins no with these way. guys. They're all fucking screwed. You can't get anybody off of them those staff that he's had be successful away from him. So what is he like? He's just a enabling helicopter parent. And then when the kids leave, they, they find out that the real world is different and they suck his, and they his, come back home. I feel like consider listen, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh left and all of his guys succeeded. So that's wonderful. But if you're Bill, Belichick in this case, yeah, and you're planning to just continue to coach till you're like 85 or something, it's to your advantage if all of your assistants who get hired elsewhere suck because you want to win games. <laughs> so to me, this is just oh, part man. of his greater genius. Oh, that he continues to get these guys hired and they're all awful. I feel like the whole reason he's making Patricia and Judge work on the offensive side is because he's like, that's how guys get hired in the NFL now. <laughs> we build up these guys on offense. And if, if we can somehow have a good offense with them in charge, they'll get hired before anyone hires Eric Bieniemy, And it's all for my gain. So great job, Bill Belichick. Bad job, the Raiders. Um... The thing that drives me crazy about the Raiders, the last two games, Devontae Adams has scored a touchdown, I believe, in the first quarter of both games. Mm-hmm. He's finished with under 50 yards total in both games. I don't understand why he's disappearing. I Obviously, I assume other teams are focusing on him, so I understand that. But that's been true every year he's played the last four or five years. I don't understand why he's disappearing. Like, design plays for Devontae Adams. They were in the red zone in this game, trying to tie it up, and it took them a million attempts, and I think there was a penalty. They somehow finally scored a touchdown, and they don't don't get the two-point conversion, and then none of these plays was Devontae Adams targeted. It's beyond my understanding why we're not seeing more of him. And as far as the Titans go... I mean, this is the best game Derrick Henry's had. I kind of think this is the norm now, like 85 yards and 20 carries. I I think we've seen his best. I think it's over. But uh, 
solid game from Tannehill, I guess. Robert Woods looked good, which is nice. So good win for them. But I, I think both these teams are – we're not going to be talking about them very much over the next few months. It's not that good of a win for them. I mean, it's good because they got a win. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, if, if they, they had lost, win, but... they would be the only three-loss team in the NFL. Instead, it is the Raiders. So in that way, it's good. But, yeah, yeah, this is not a very good team. Neither of these are very good teams. I don't think anyone should question that. I just – I don't understand. Raiders got to – they just got to put their foot on the gas and stay there. They they wait too long to play good football as a team, not not as, like, an offense or as a defense, a collective team. They wait too long to play good football. There's no reason that they should have got down like they did early on. Twenty-four to it was twenty-four to ten at the half. It shouldn't have even been that. Um, and and then they only get a field goal in the third quarter. They actually outscored them twelve nothing in the in the second in the second half. But I'm like, dude, where was that defense in the first half? Right. Apparently, the Raiders are only allowed to play one good half in it. Yeah, game. and you last, just last week it was the first half. This week it's the second. Half. Yeah, you can get away with that in college. You can't get away with that in the NFL unless you're the Chiefs. Well, the old not every, not every week. <laughs> yeah, the old Chiefs. Uh, Eagles versus the Commandos. Why Eagles? Why? Nah, no, I'm just playing. Eagles are nice, man. Hey, you yeah. beat people like you're supposed to beat them, and uh, it was it was 24 to, to nothing for the longest time. And um, I mean, there's nothing else to take away from this. It, it, this is exactly what you would expect if the Eagles are at their best and they're playing. The commandos, who are not that good in the first place, they're gonna destroy him. Carson Wentz threw forty-three times. You're not, you're not winning games when he's doing that, especially since he's getting sacked nine times. Which uh, I, I saw on some Eagles fan page, they were loving it because, of course, Nick Foles' number was number nine. Mm-hmm. So somehow this is all just a, a wonderful <laughs> fuck you to Carson Wentz. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you in fantasy, I was picking up the Eagles defense this week because I was like, I have a feeling the Eagles are going to be very excited to see Carson Wentz. And uh, that was true. And then offensively, I mean, Hurts, 340 yards, three touchdowns. He looks awesome. Uh, Devonta looks- Smith went from zero receptions week one to 169 yards on eight catches. Because he's nice. He is. <laughs> I mean, this is. I was talking to someone today because they're like, I don't know if the Eagles are for sure going to win this division. And I was like, all right, even if Hertz falls back, which he probably will a little bit, because right now he's looking like one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. This is the best offensive line in the division for sure. It's top five in the NFL. I think it's a top five group of receivers when you count Goddard too in the NFL. I think it might be a top five defense in the NFL. This is a loaded roster. If Hertz plays at this level, they're a legitimate contender. I mean, right now in the NFC, I don't, I don't think you'd say anyone looks better than the Eagles have through three weeks. And again, you know, granted this one's against Washington. No one's going to lose their mind, but yeah, well, you know, you can only play who's in front of you and 24 to eight undersells what this game felt like. You know, th- this was, it felt like 40. To yeah, no, definitely. I, and I give them all the credit uh, in Philly. Uh, big game this week against the Jags. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's an that, interesting one. Yeah, it's coming in wanting to prove something that 
should give them more of a challenge than their last two games for sure. The the, the uh, Doug Peterson one will return too. They're going from Wentz to Peterson, and yeah, I have a little more faith in Doug Peterson. In <laughs> I have faith in Doug Peterson in his first year, but not not after that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's, it's like two year, two or three year window, and then I won't beat you up too bad about this. Staley doesn't have much to work with right now. Everybody's hurt. Thirty eight ten Jacksonville. Um, hey. These are games that we used to see the Jags struggle, but they looked like the better team because they were the better team. They were healthier, and they they whipped whipped the Chargers. My they, question is, why is your man's out there when you're down um twenty eight? That made no sense. Messed up ribs. No, this was this was the most inexplicable decision that I saw. And again, I think there's some weird ones. We just talked about the Dan Campbell one. I don't care, you know. I, I assume Herbert's probably lobbying to stay out there because he wants to. I don't care. Doesn't matter. There's no reason when you're down 20 points in the fourth quarter, your left tackle, who's one of the like five best left tackles in the NFL, he's lost for the season already in this game. So don't send out your injured franchise QB in a game that you will not come back to win when his left tackle is gone. It makes no sense. Like Staley. I'm I'm still keeping him as my guy for now, but man, he's he's making me question some things. Uh, the Jags, yeah, two straight weeks just kicking ass. Um, especially Lawrence in this O line. Uh, the last two games, he has been hit, not sacked, hit three times against the Colts and the Chargers. And he threw 39 passes in this game, so it's not like he wasn't doing anything. But, I mean, I, again, this goes to what – this is the reason Trevor Lawrence was the number one QB, even when everyone was high on Fields or Lance or whoever, Wilson. His ability to maneuver in the pocket was well beyond everyone else's. And now that he has actual weapons and actual coaches, he's able to fully utilize that. He's getting rid of the ball when he needs to. I, he's working it with Zay Jones, Kirk. I mean, yeah, James Robinson is continuing to be like, hey, F you guys for taking a first-round running back. I'm good. Yeah. And the defense is also playing well. I mean, those those two draft picks are looking awesome right now. I mean, yeah. Walker has been filling in. Even in coverage, he's been solid. And Devin Lloyd had a pick in this game. He's been fantastic. The length and athleticism that they bring put, takes them to a different level. I mean, obviously, they sucked last year pretty much in every phase of football, but – Again, this is – I feel even more strongly this is the team in the AFC South. And maybe it's a team that can win a playoff game. It, it's it's going to depend on who they get matched up yeah, against. Yeah, 100%. But, but they have the makeup of a team that you – you like if – I mean, we're three weeks in, but ideally if they're not turning the ball over, the defense is young and athletic, and they have a, a pretty decent ground game, uh, and the quarterback has unlimited – potential yeah uh, this is definitely a team that could be dangerous uh if if they were to mature throughout the season and then eventually make the playoffs i mean they could be a sleeper team to upset somebody not go to the super bowl obviously right i don't know why he's picking them doing things i'm not, like I'm not that. picking but like trevor Lawrence to yeah. pull a burrow and gets the super bowl this yeah year. but if they're if they're your wild card matchup and you're the let's pick a team if you're the dolphins well, yeah, I was gonna say it's probably the loser in the East because yeah. Dolphins Bills. It's like the two that would be solid. that would be a, a a tough opponent to to want yeah. to take on. And then the with their physical style of play, 
uh, if you beat them, then you pretty much go into the next game kind of banged up anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it could be a tough matchup. I want to see what they do against the Eagles this yeah. week um, because it's definitely a test and, and kind of to see where they are as a team. Uh, Rams, Cardinals, Kyler's adjuster. Uh, nothing else to say about that. Cardinals just a, a, a hot mess. Didn't score a touchdown the entire game, so I'm definitely not spending more than 20 seconds on that. Yeah, um, the Cardinals, I mean, hey, good. Marquise Brown, 14 receptions, 140 yards, good for you. It didn't lead to anything. This team's a mess. They had one good quarter against the Raiders. Otherwise, they would be 0-3. Uh, the Rams. Hey, wait, wait, I mean, wait. Can we, can we stop for a second and then you admit that I did say that they'd be lucky to be 500 after those six games? Yeah. No, that's true. Okay. I just wanted that. And then, uh, I mean, (laughs) I think uh, we can further our theory that uh, Matthew Stafford is a racist. (laughs) Skoranek had four receptions for 66 yards in this game. Exactly. You got Higby, Cup, and Skoranek with four receptions. Allen Robinson has two. Matthew Stafford is a racist. Matthew Stafford would argue that he he targeted Allen Robinson the second most. Yeah, and I think Allen Robinson actually dropped a touchdown. This yeah. Game. So in, in, in reality, Allen Robinson, do better, man. But uh, I know Cam Akers looked a tiny bit better in this week. But the Rams are just like they're winning these games. So they just they haven't looked inspired at any point this season. They don't like, care. I beat the Cardinals, who we think suck, by eight. Uh, the Falcons, I guess, you know, holding on for that win looks a little bit better because the Falcons have been kind of lively, but you shouldn't have allowed a game that you were up by 20 to get that close at the end. So, I mean, the Rams, I guess you feel good because nobody else in your division is looking great right now. But, I don't know, for a team that obviously has repeat Super Bowl aspirations, uninspiring so far. But, hey, you're 2-1, and one, so take it. Shout out to Greg Dortch, though, um, who's been Greg playing Dorch, pretty well. Yeah, yeah I like I like him coming out of wake. So I'm happy to see him get his chance. Hope he stays healthy because that was kind of the thing. Well, it'll him. be interesting to see what happens when Rondell Moore comes back. Will they still use both of those guys? They need to. Uh, Falcons beat the Seahawks. Again, not spending a ton of time on this because they're not very good teams. But, hey, Kyle Pitts was found. He's, he's alive. It's amazing what happens when you – put your most targets on your best player, you win. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's wild how that opened up the offense. Um, Cordero Patterson, another – that's two out of three games where he's had over 100 yards rushing. Like, he looks awesome just on the ground. And then, yeah, a lot of Mariota play action, just throw it up to Pitts in London, which is exactly what this team should be this year. So, yeah, again, I think – Falcons are kind of like the worst version of Detroit, where I don't. I think Detroit is an okay team. I think the Falcons are a pretty bad team, but they're a fun bad team. Like, I'm excited when they show up on Red Zone. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, hopefully we'll see Ritter. If you know, if they do end up like four and ten, hopefully we'll get to see Ritter in this offense down the road. Um, Seattle. I don't know. I think Seattle sucks, and they just got lucky week one. So I think this might be outside of probably the Bears and maybe Washington. I guess I should I shouldn't rule out the Giants too, but Seattle is one of the bottom four teams in the NFC. 
and uh, yeah, I think they'll they play Detroit. So now that's yeah. nice. They get to do the back to back, fun, not great teams that they'll play and lose to. So there you go. <laughs> Packers, Buccaneers. Packers won. I had them outright. Um, that's a good call. Yeah, fourteen twelve. It was it was a it was a it was a sweat for no reason. <laughs> This is a weird game, man. I felt like Rodgers and Brady mostly played well and ended up with 26 total points. Yeah. I, I mean, Brady know. just had his receivers just kept fumbling the ball. Yeah. Perriman and Gage lost fumbles. And Perriman yeah, actually fumbled on, twice. I was Gage. So it, it, it was a weird game. It really was a weird game. Like, if you had told me that. The two of them combined for over 500 passing yards, and there was it was 14-12. I would be very confused. I mean, both both defenses, and this was surprising in Green Bay's case, and kind of more expected with Tampa Bay. Both of them did a great job shutting down the run game because mm-hmm. that's usually that's Green Bay's issue. I mean, that's the only reason the Bears remotely hung around in that game the week before. And yeah, Fournette could get absolutely nothing on the ground. Um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were bottled up, but yeah, I mean, props to these defenses because they both, they both honestly made the plays that they kind of needed to and just worked out for green Bay because they turned the ball over less. Defense ruled the second, uh, the second to last game. I'm only, I'm only pausing. Cause I'm like, do I really want to rant? <laughs> oh, I did. I hadn't even thought about how we're ending on our team. Broncos, <laughs> what, what Niners, a great Broncos, eleven Niners, Tim. I posted like I think three to four videos of basically why Jimmy G sucks, and I mean, there's nothing left to say, man. Like, it's not a team that that will win a Super Bowl with this quarterback, man. We're just not. And I know people are like, well, you wasn't going to win with Trey either. I know, but Trey has more upside, and that's what this team needs is somebody who can maximize the offense. And I'm just – I'm done with Jimmy G. Like, we've seen his ceiling. Obviously, this was a bad game for him. He had yeah. the trifecta. He lost the fumble. He threw an interception, and he got a safety, which is quite yeah, – He tried to throw a pick six on the safety. He tried to throw a pick six on the safety. Amazing way. On the first two drives that I saw, or the first three drives that I saw, there was at least four passes that could have been intercepted as well, and we were spared by either the uh, infamous overthrow or somebody batting the ball, thankfully. <laughs> but he's just not good, man. The, the offense is is not the same when he's the quarterback, and a lot of that is due to the fact that he throws the ball late. He throws it late. There, like I don't know. Like there are plays where the read is easy. Guys are literally free off the line, and he's looking them off and literally making the difficult throw. He looks like Carson Wentz his last year in Philly. That's what he looks like. I swear <laughs> to not you. Not good. Not yeah, good. It, he looks like somebody that like. There's a play that I I I don't think I posted that yet, but I, I had like a three minute rant on there. But we're in, we're in trips to the right. And um, it's an empty, it's an empty set. They they motion the running back into the slot on the left side. So we got three guys on the right, two guys on the left. Clearly, the three guys on the right are your your first reads, and it's typically the middle receiver who happens to be Debo Samuel's. And we run it like this isn't a new play. This is like our staple of our offense out of this formation. 
Debo or whoever's in the middle will take his route down the field like a little like a little like sideline fade and he just he just clears out right he's your read if he's open there's no safety over top you throw the ball hope he runs under gets the catch but you're going for the shot underneath Debo is the guy on the outside he comes across the middle of the field on like a on like a dig and then the guy to the inside flares out to the sideline and clears out space for Debo to go outside. He goes underneath. Like, it's just it's just to confuse the coverage, right? On the left side, the running back, I mean, sometimes he, he cracks down blocks. Sometimes he drags underneath. But he's not supposed to get the ball. In this case, I think he goes to the sideline on the, on, to the left. And then Ayuk, who is your outside receiver on the far side, on the left. He's the furthest outside receiver on the left. He's going to run an end. He's not supposed to get the ball. He's not an option because typically he's man-to-man covered. If there's a safety over top, that safety is over top of him. You want to either hit a deep route over top right. of the safety that's backside. Yeah, with, that's backside. Or in this case, you get the look you want and you got one-on-one and you could just throw the ball with some air and make it one-on-one with Debo to run under it or just give him a chance to catch the ball. Jimmy G, people. The ball is snapped, and again, I said I wasn't gonna rant, but this this drew this drove me mad in real time. The ball is snapped, and he barely looked at Debo. And I kid you not, I'll send you I'll send you the video um, after this. But you can see on the video, he barely looks at him. Not only is he wide open within three tenths of a second, but he looks him off, doesn't look at anybody else, goes clean across the field to Ayuk and then throws the ball to Ayuk late and he's blanket covered. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it makes no sense. And and it's just that that's the Jimmy G that we typically see when we need him to play well. That is the key. You can't win when you need him. You can say that about Alex Smith at some at most of the points in his career early, but when he finally got established, he got some consistency in coaching, consistency in players around him. When we needed Alex Smith, nine times out of ten, he actually would come through for us. Yeah. He played within the scope of his ability. He didn't force a lot of throws. He didn't have those like here comes the interception like tenures. He did it in in Kansas City too. Like once he finally got established in this offense. Jimmy G should be there. He should be at that established point where he's comfortable and he's not. And it's just mind blowing. And I, I just give up. I give up. I also yeah. give up on Kyle Shanahan, who on the second play of the game uh, had us in a fucking max protect nine, uh, eight men blocking, eight men blocking, two receivers on the route. And Jimmy G still threw the ball late to the one open guy. <laughs> It's it's like, like I, I, too many things to think about. With the I, sent, I sent I sent the clip to uh to a couple guys and I was like, we're running the Georgia offense and this motherfucker still can't make the reads. It's two people, man. It's two mm. options. How are you throwing the ball late with two options? It's like I give up. But yeah, that's my rant. Um, we suck, man. I don't care. We wanted to. The, the, the defense suck. is still good. The defense is still good. We suck. The defense can't win us games unless it's the playoffs. <laughs> and then, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, I would say, uh, did not inspire any more confidence this week. No. But I, I will give a shout-out to his defensive coordinator, Ajiro Evero, who actually 
worked in San Francisco for five seasons as a defensive assistant and quality control coach. But uh, yeah, the, the defense is winning them games. Yeah. They're second in points allowed, which is awfully helpful because they're also second to last in points scored. So if you have a winning record and your team is second to last in points scored, great job by the defense. Obviously, the issue here is Denver hired an offensive head coach and brought in a $250 million quarterback, and they can't score the ball. So we'll see how that plays out long term. But at least for them, hey, they're two games ahead of the Raiders. Kansas City's losing every important player on their team, or not Kansas City, San Diego or Los Angeles. So Denver's in an okay spot if they can figure out anything on offense. But I don't know. Every week it seems to be the same thing. And then uh, then we have the, the Monday night game, which uh, yeah. played, out Last the way game. I ex- played out the way I expected. Um, if, if anyone's Facebook friends with me, I posted my uh, – what my, my weekly pick on uh, the ESPN where you just pick all the games. Mm-hmm. And then for the Monday night game, you also have to put in your tiebreaker score. I had Dallas winning the game on 39 total points. Lo and behold, Dallas won the game 23-16. to 16. Uh, If the Giants were going to win this game, it had to be pressuring Cooper Rush into mistakes. Cooper Rush did not make mistakes in part because he wasn't pressured. He took zero sacks on 31 attempts. Uh, his numbers would have looked better if C.D. Lamb hadn't dropped a 30-yard pass that probably could have turned into a 50-yard pass and a touchdown. Um, yeah, a great job by Dallas. Cooper Rush is doing what he needs to do. Um, both running backs look good, although once again, Tony Pollard did look like the better running back. And yeah, this defense is doing work. I mean, I thought they might take a step back, that they didn't force as many turnovers, but they're actually just playing more sound football in year two with this defensive scheme. So a lot of credit to them. The Giants, I people are going to shit on Daniel Jones. This was actually the best game he played this season. I thought he was kind of the one holding the team back the first two weeks. Well, him and the offensive line. Everyone except Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley seem to be trying to sabotage the offense in this game. Um, Daniel Jones on the run for his life. Every play, he took five sacks, managed to run for 79 yards and nine carries to constantly try to extend drives. Sterling Shepard dropped probably the biggest pass of the game before tearing his ACL, like walking after a play with 30 seconds left. So... I mean, yeah, frustrating as a Giants fan, but not surprising. Um, we got the Bears next week, so that'll be, you know, can this team hang around for a couple of months, or is it immediately let's start thinking about draft position? We'll find out next week. For Dallas, yeah. I mean, again, I I think the Eagles are a step above everyone in this division pretty clearly. I think even when Dak comes back. But, you know, they get Washington next week. They could be – and then hopefully you get Dak back maybe – for the Rams and you could be three and one with him coming back. So again, props to that defense. They're doing awesome stuff. Again, obviously it helps to face the Bengals and the giants lines, but yeah, they're, they're legitimate. They're not going away. Yeah. Defense is playing at a high level. Um, Cooper rush seems to have a good idea of what he is as a quarterback. Yes. And I think that goes a exactly. long way. Um, 
I honestly wouldn't rush Dak back, man. Like, it's like, what's the point? You win the football games. Get like, literally, if I'm Dak Prescott, I want to be 100% healthy when I come back because he's had he's had some kind of injury over the last couple seasons yeah. where he's missed significant amount of games. If you're gonna miss games, it's better to miss them now than to miss them later on when yeah. uh, you're in a position to maybe get into the playoffs or even win the division. You, you're you're in a good position right now as a team. You got some cruise control. You're playing the the commandos next week. Like, dude, just just take your time. But it seems like he's kind of rushing to get back. I, I mean, obviously, it's hard for these guys not to rush to get back. The key is if you're Dallas and you have any questions about it, if Cooper Rush is playing like this, the defense is playing like this, yeah, then take you force him to take whatever time to make sure he's 100% when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Well, we will be back next week to do our recap. Um, and hopefully I won't be ranting about the Niners, but I more than likely will because we've got the Rams. Oh, wait, real quick. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Do you know how many teams have scored fewer points than the Chicago Bears through three weeks? Um, and and like the history of the game? No, no, no. just right now. How right many now? teams currently in the in the NFL have fewer points than the Chicago Bears? <sighs> We've got to be one of them. <laughs> you are correct. You are one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we know the Giants or not? We're barely. Yeah, ahead of them. I would say us and and maybe Washington. There are eleven teams that have scored fewer points, the Chicago Bears. That includes the teams quarterbacked by Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. Yikes. (laughs) I need you to post that stat in the group so I can tag Tim Childers and tell him that um, Justin Fields is still good, which I'm just joking with that, man. Like (laughs) – I'm not. I'm not trying to argue about that um, with anybody at this point. I mean, just get a guy a fair shake. I want that for every rookie. It's also great because the team that's tied with them in points scored is the Jets. So all eleven of those teams have fewer points than the Bears and the Jets with Joe Flacco. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It has been some very terrible games. Yeah, uh, offensively, uh, maybe. You know, we, we complain about this every year, about there being no preseason, and this is kind of what you get when a lot of these teams don't participate in preseason, a lot of these starters. So I would expect that to change drastically after week four. Yeah, I would expect some of these. Uh, again, especially when we're talking about the teams with the good quarterbacks, you would expect mm-hmm. the offenses to ramp up. Um, Houston may in Seattle, they might stay down there. But a lot of these teams should eventually move up. All right, uh, game for you next week that you want to watch. You know, I'm kind of into this Thursday game because it's uh, it's Miami versus the Bengals. The Bengals should still feel some amount of desperation not to fall too far back here. And, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, how far Miami takes it. I also wonder if Miami ends up being the last team undefeated, do the 72 Dolphins still pop the champagne or do they root for it? <laughs> they are the most annoying team. They are the most annoying team. So that was the one downside to the Giants winning that Super Bowl is those guys get to continue to do that. But yeah, I'll take hate, the trade off. They hate on everybody. Um, 
I'm going. Um, There's some good ones this week. Yeah, there was one. Oh, Chiefs Bronco or Chiefs uh, Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. I want to see that one. Um, but we will be back next week uh, with Week Four action, and um, maybe even have a breakdown once I get this video thing set up. We could do a breakdown together as well. Sounds good. All right, we'll catch you guys next week.